This is Dee Medina, and you're listening to the seventh episode of the Can You Sub Again? You Can Make a Difference as a Substitute Teacher podcast. The weather is starting to get a little cooler, and I've enjoyed seeing the joy in my children over the little things that mark the season's change. One of those is the Peanuts cartoon, It's the Great Pumpkin, Charlie Brown. One of their favorite parts is when all the Peanuts kids keep announcing the kind of candy they have gotten out of trick-or-treating. The kids leave the houses, get to the sidewalk, and give their reports. I got a Snickers. I got a Starburst. I got some gummy worms. And then each time Charlie Brown reports his haul, he says, I got a rock. I wait each year for the laughter not to come after that punchline, but every year our children wait for it, enjoy the spectacle of it, and give a genuine laugh when it comes. As corny as it seems to me after all these years, they still love it. It reminds me that kids are kids, and that childhood can be simple, special, and magical when we as adults have a hand at making it wonderful. And now I hope you enjoy this week's episode, Who Are You Subbing For Today? As we enter the holiday season, it's important to remember that although school life can get a little hectic with grades and conferences, sports, theater, clubs, family events, and so much more, behind many of those smiles are kids who are hurting. And by now, most of us have witnessed or even experienced that for many, the holidays are very stressful times. Shifting our minds and hearts to caring more and more about the students you sub for really will make a profound impact on your life and effectiveness as an educator. The following short fictional monologue statements paint pictures of three types of students we see in our schools every day. Even though these quotes are fiction, they illustrate some very real circumstances our students face. Think of them as inner voices that you've been privy to eavesdrop on for the purposes of gaining sympathy and empathy for them as people. Student number one. I am a student. The reality of my family is that I split time with my mom and dad, or at least I'm supposed to. I spend most of it with my mom. She needs me more than he does, and I don't like his girlfriend. It's hard to express myself at school sometimes because we speak Spanish at my house, but the world of school is an English one. We take tests in English. When my teacher lets me go on the computer, it's in English, and the person who I like who will never know I like them, only speaks English. My parents had no college and have little interest in my life at school. They're quick to punish me when I'm in trouble, but never give a rip about helping me study or holding me accountable to get my work done on time. If I'm learning one thing fast about this life is that it's quick to condemn you and eternally slow to reward you. Student number two. I am a student. I'm hungry when I go to school. I'm nervous before lunch because I'm going to have to come up with another cool excuse for why I don't have lunch money. Some of my friends will offer me some fries or something, but I'll say I'm not hungry. In reality, my stomach will churn. My older brother and sister dropped out of high school and judging by my last grade check, that will happen to me too. It sucks because I think if I didn't have so much trouble reading, I would do better. All we do at my house is watch TV and listen to music. My parents never read to me, and I never read when the teacher calls on me in class. There, we're even. Student number three. 
I am a student. We recently moved here, and it's one more reason that I'm not interested in school. The other kids are mean, period. Now they call me at risk. They pretend to be worried about me, but that worry is translated through their anger and shaking of the head. Maybe if I had stayed at my old school with Mr. Olson, I'd be doing better. But we're not going back to that city. Not after what happened at my dad's job. What these three students have in common is that there are things going on underneath the I'm fine surface they are trying to project. Some are better at it than others, and some have decided to mask these feelings with things like defiance or apathy. And although not every student is facing these kinds of problems, if you have the ability to encourage even one that is, you will have accomplished something great. Every holiday season, I remember to stay conscious that many students have some family challenges that consume their minds and hearts. I remember that some kids have felt needs and therefore have some insecurity or anxiety about the future. And I remember their school communities don't always feel like the safest places. However, I also remember that it is a true privilege to be able to encourage students and to bring some light and joy into their life. With that in mind, here are five ways you as a sub can be a positive light to students as we enter the holiday season. Number one, smile. As stressful as subbing can be, coupled with all that you have going on in your personal life, smiling is an easy thing to forget. Even if the student you smile at shifts their eyes away from you quickly and doesn't smile back, so what? there is a good chance they were expecting you not to smile at them at all. So when you do, they may get shy or confused, but a smile is something they will take away as a positive in their day. Number two, remember their name. Early on in my teaching career, I invariably had a student, usually a quiet one, come up to me about a month into the school year and ask if I knew their name. That probably sounds silly for you to hear, because I always thought it was a little silly to be asked. But what I learned was, if I hadn't used that student's name regularly, they genuinely wondered if they mattered to me at all. As an adult, we can get wrapped up in titles we have. We even pay thousands of dollars to add letters to our names, such as a BA, MA, PhD. So much of a student's identity is wrapped up in their name. Their name is pretty much all they have, and when you use it, it signals something meaningful to them. If you have a chance to use a student's name throughout your day, take it. I would go so far as to say making up a reason to use their name in an upbeat way would be a good practice to develop. Number three, remind them that the best things in life don't cost loads of money. While smiling and name remembering can be seamlessly woven into any educator's day, this third suggestion may come less frequently and take a little bit more creativity. But speaking from experience, I have seen loads of anxiety taken off of kids when they hear an adult remind them of this. You don't have to be overtly didactic or preachy, but sharing a story of how you got something made by your kids or written by a loved one as one of the best gifts you've ever received can be done almost as an afterthought on your end. For example, when appropriate, 
I let students know that I personally don't stress about buying my wife things at Christmas since her all-time favorite gift is the slideshow I made for her to the Brad Paisley song, She's Everything. I share that it feels like a gift I gave to my whole family because my kids watch the video all the time. Another example is the array of homemade gifts I keep from my kids. My all-time favorite being the skits they perform and record for me. I tell them it's gotten to the point that I flat out tell my kids not to spend any money on me, but that making me another video is all I want. I've had students share with me over the years that they had gone into the holiday season worried about not being able to buy things for the people they love. But after hearing my ideas, their minds began to work and they come up with creative things to give their families. Some of these kids will probably end up with the most creative Pinterest pages. Number four, be merciful, be graceful. This point will mean different things to different people, but it's important that you keep in mind that the November-December months also mark the end of the first semester. Permanent grades are coming. Most students have already established the kinds of final grades they'll be getting. Some are carefree and excited because they have high expectations for themselves and they're meeting them. Other students are down on themselves and are not only their worst critics, but they have friends, teachers, and family members who remind them they are missing the mark. Without ever compromising your integrity, any areas that you can demonstrate mercy or grace to kids will not be something you regret. Number five, enjoy your life. Looking, acting, or speaking like you don't want to be there is something that many kids take personally. That's why so many of them act out even before they are seated. The assumption is you don't want to be there, so they're going to show you that they don't care that you're there. I was fortunate enough to look past that facade a long time ago. Kids crave community. They're also great at reading vibes. If you look, act, and speak like it's a privilege to be with them for the day, you will get much further and give much more than a dreadful drone who is merely occupying space and taking up time. I hope you have a great entrance into the meat of November and the rest of the holiday season. Remember that behind the smiles, there will be plenty of kids who deal with a lot of anxiety at this time of year over money, broken family connections, and the push to finalize semester one grades, along with a host of other things. Thank you for being a positive difference maker and encourager to students. Tell me your opinion. Do you have any tips on how substitutes can make positive impacts on the lives of students during these November-December months? If you'd like to contribute to the conversation on this subject, or if there's a topic you'd like to hear covered in a future podcast, be sure to stop by the website canyousubagain.com. Here you'll always find a transcript of the most recent podcast and add your voice to the discussion by visiting the post on the topic or the site's homepage. If you enjoyed this podcast, you can subscribe on Apple Podcasts. And if you'd like to support Can You Sub Again, would you consider taking the time to leave a star rating or review on the Apple site? Thanks so much for listening to the Can You Sub Again podcast, and be sure to check back again next week.